This is the Mike Lupica Podcast. This podcast is great because your enthusiasms, it's why we've all been reading you for so long. This is a great vehicle for you to actually get to in a long-form way, explore those enthusiasms, sometimes with the perspective of an additional 10 or 20 years. Thanks for doing this today, pal. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having the me. fun of this is, I just talk to guys that I want to talk to. That's what, to me, is such a blast about listening to your show. First of all, the first time I ever saw Bernie on television, I started to talk like him <laughs> as I was watching him. <laughs> Can you imagine a great Michael Jordan saying, hey, you know what? We can't beat the Pistons. Let me go join them. The essence of sports is about competition. In your face questions. How much of a dope is he? Compelling. A billion dollar industry, the biggest we've ever had in sports in this country, often comes down to a flip of the coin. This is the Mike Lupica Podcast. Here's Mike Lupica. Mike Lupica. Hello, and thanks for joining us on the Mike Lupica Podcast. Today, we are so happy and honored to speak to my friend, the 56th governor of the state of New York, Andrew Cuomo. But before we get started with Governor Cuomo, I want to tell you about our great sponsor, Indochino, who make it easier than ever to get a custom-made quality suit. Maybe we can get one for the Gov. And check this out. My listeners can get any premium Indochino suit for just $369 at Indochino.com when entering Lupica at checkout. That's 50% off the regular price for a made-to-measure premium suit. Plus, shipping is free. Go to their website and check them out. You'll be amazed at how accurate their measuring system is, even without actually being in the showroom. But if you want to get measured at one of their fantastic showrooms, I highly recommend doing that because your experience with them is first class from start to finish. That's Indochino.com, promo code Lupica for any premium suit for just $369 and free shipping. That's an incredible deal for a premium made-to-measure suit. Believe me, once you go custom, you don't go back. We are so happy today to be joined by the 56th governor of the state of New York, um, Andrew Cuomo. Uh, he has not been on with us in a while because he's been busy governoring. And he, um, l- let me just say this. Um, we have been friends for over 30 years. Our, our friendship was sort of uh, formed because we each had Mike, the late Mike McAlary, as a friend. He runs New York State the way I wish the country were run. And I will start here with the governor of the state of New York. Everybody always talks about doing something about guns after another tragedy in this country. Andrew Cuomo did in 2013. It is called the SAFE Act, and it is in New York State, and, and it changed the gun laws forever in their state in the, in the shadow of Sandy Hook Elementary. Good for you, Governor, and, and thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you, Mike. It's a pleasure to be with you. Uh, and you're right. We have been a friend, friends for a long time. Boy, I don't even want to say 30 years. I know, I get, know, I know. Must, somebody's old. Yeah, somebody's when, old. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you remember when your parents would say, I've known them 20 years. And it was like an unimaginable period of time. To know someone. And by the way, in full disclosure, um, uh, Andrew's father, Mario Cuomo, was one of the great figures uh, that I've ever known in my life and someone else I was honored to call a friend. And so here we are, Governor, having this conversation again because we have it again and again. And somebody said to me the other day that the SAFE Act did make New York State safer and it did make it better with guns. But it doesn't matter if all the other states around you aren't getting gun sanity. Yes. Yes. And uh, 
by the way, my father loved and admired and respected you. And that's saying something. Uh, let's talk about this. The SAFE Act in New York, you're right. One state cannot protect itself because guns come over borders. But the SAFE Act in New York is, is an important demonstration and a real-life experiment on this topic, right? Because everybody talks theoretically. Uh, why are you against gun control? Ask a conservative. Well, it's a slippery slope, the NRA. Slippery slope. If we pass one law, then it's a slippery slope, and we're going to pass many laws. Today it will be assault weapons. Tomorrow it will be uh, my hunting rifle. Six years ago, six years ago, the state of New York, after Sandy Hook, said enough is enough and passed a law which is the same law that should be passed today. Yep. Okay? Yep. Ban assault weapons, high-capacity magazines, universal background check, mental health database, red flag laws. Uh, slippery slope. <laughs> Six years. Yep. In New York. Where, by the way, if there was going to be a slippery slope, the ice was going to be faster in New York. No slippery slope. No slippery slope. Six years, Mike, nobody's come up to me and said, you know, I'm a, I have a rightful legal claim to have a gun and I've been deprived. No one. I am a gun owner. I am a gun owner. The theoretical, the philosophical, I'm afraid of this, I'm afraid of that. It never happened. And what did the SAFE Act do? Banned assault weapons. Nobody hunts with an assault weapon. An assault weapon was designed for one person to kill, uh, for one purpose to kill the largest number of people in the shortest period of time. Universal background check, which is worth talking about because all these politicians talk in, in vague terms. Uh, I'm interested in closing the gun show loophole, they will say. Democrats, too, by the way. Uh, I said the other day, I want the Democratic presidential candidates to tell us their position specifically because this issue is politically very difficult. And I think uh, even the Democrats are staying purposefully vague on the issue. I want to close the gun show loophole. What does that mean? Right now, if you go into a gun store, they run your background. If you can't pass a background check, you can go to a gun show. And there are many gun shows, and you can buy a gun at a gun show. And they don't do a background check. Uh, so close the gun show loophole. Okay, that only opens up another loophole, which is called the private sale loophole. Yes, right, right. So I can't go to a gun store. I can't go to a gun show. So I call up my friend Mike, and I say, hey, Mike, you know, you have those four guns, sell me a gun. And Mike says, oh, I know you. You can't pass a background check. I'm going to charge you a little bit more. I say, fine. Unless you close all, all of those loopholes, you've accomplished nothing. Mental health database, common sense. If you are seriously mentally ill, you shouldn't have a gun. We have, since we passed the SAFE Act six years ago, over 100,000 people on our mental health database 
who could have bought a gun in this state, but now can't. Think about that. 100,000 people in one state who were seriously mentally ill. Decided by whom? By a mental health professional who said they believe that the person could do uh, serious damage or harm to themselves or others. And then a red flag law, which after what we've heard in El Paso, where the mother called up and said, I'm concerned my son has the gun. That's the red flag law. If a family member or school teacher says, I think this uh, person could hurt themselves, could hurt others, has access to a gun, then a judge can ask for a hearing uh, to have an evaluation. It's all common sense. And if we just can't get past this knee-jerk politics, and these fears, it's all fear-based. And just say, what's the common sense, smart thing to do? That would be the answer. We're talking to Andrew Cuomo, the governor of the state of New York. Governor, uh, um, it's it's so interesting to listen to the president of the United States, who I believe, am I right about this? Didn't Donald Trump appear at an anti-Safe Act rally five years ago? Did he not? Was he not part of a rally rallying against the Safe Act? Yes, yes, he was. Look, uh, he is born again, right? Uh, he, I'm from Queens, New York, as you know, he's from Queens, New York. Uh, he is now a, uh, spending full time pandering to the conservatives in his party. Uh, and that's what I believe this is. The tell, everybody has a tell. Uh, the president's tell was after the Parkland shooting in Florida. He had a meeting in the White House, and he was in the conference room, and it was televised, and he was meeting with some senators and congresspeople. And he turned to one of them and he said, I don't understand. Why don't we ban assault weapons? Right. Why do people need assault weapons? Which, Mike, that was his true self. That was his common sense a basic instinctive question. If the former Democrat, (laughs) former Democrats, that's right. Why do we need an assault weapon? 24 hours later, the NRA came in to see him and uh, all of that sanity and common sense was gone. Assault weapon, 1934, the nation outlawed machine guns, 1934. Why? Because they were too dangerous. A person with a machine gun could kill too many people. A person with a machine gun could kill too many cops. Because when you don't have to reload, the police officers don't have a chance to rush you. They can't step in because there's no break in the ammunition. 1934, we outlaw machine guns. Now we have an assault weapon. The assault weapon virtually does the same thing the machine gun did. How could you get near a person with an assault weapon? Makes no sense.
The governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo, is our guest on the Mike Lubica podcast. More of our conversation right after this from Geico. Okay, this is a 30-second commercial, and I'm going to throw a lot of numbers at you, but please stay with me, because if, if it doesn't confuse me, it's not going to confuse you. In just 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. This company has been offering great rates and great service for over 75 years. And anytime you need help, you can speak to one of their trained specialists 24-7. The company, of course, is Geico. Go to geico.com today. Sorry for all the numbers. And in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Oh, damn it, I'm out of time. Talking to Andrew Cuomo, governor of state of New York. Um, you know, uh, every time I hear them um, with the, the, the stalking horse is always obviously mental health is an issue. No one would dispute that it's not. But when I hear the video games thing, Governor, and, and, and it's just a head fake. That's all it is. Other countries have mental health problems. Other countries have a proliferation of video games, but don't have over 200 mass shootings before we get to the to, to the month of September. And, and Governor, I'll, I'll give you a personal note. My, my daughter had a friend who was out to dinner at a Times Square restaurant the other night. I'm going to lead you into this because I know you had some um, quite powerful things to say the other day about this. And she called my daughter in tears and she told her what had happened that they thought there was an active shooter in Times Square, New York City, and, and in the restaurant where she was in, people, st governor, started turning over tables to protect themselves because why? Because they thought in America their number had finally come up. Yeah. The nation has PTSD. That's what that was in Times Square. The nation has been traumatized, and people believe it can be anyone, anywhere, anytime. El Paso, San Bernardino, Pittsburgh, Parkland, Florida. Aurora, no Colorado, and right. on and on and on. Yeah. No one is safe. No one is safe anywhere, anytime. You drop off your child at school, every mother and every father as they drive away have to be thinking, God forbid, God forbid Sandy Hook. And of course, it's if, it doesn't even pass the smell test. Video games are the problem. Oh, really? <laughs> They're international. How come no other major industrialized nation has anywhere near the death toll that we have? Oh, it's mental illness is the problem. No, it's not mental illness. It's a person who's seriously mentally ill with a, an extraordinarily dangerous gun. That's the problem. The worst line in, in modern political history is when the president said, uh, and I would, uh, he should go back to The Apprentice, you're fired. He should fire the speechwriter who wrote the line that the problem is mental illness. Mental illness pulled the trigger, not the gun. No, the gun is the trigger. There is no trigger without the gun. Uh, it's not mental illness. It's not hate alone. Hate can pick up a stone. Hate can pick up a knife. Hate can pick up a club. But it's hate plus an assault weapon. That's when 22 people die in five minutes. 
When when you look at what happened this week, um, uh, David Axelrod said something I thought was really wise the other day. And he said, one of the things you always hear is, well, no law would have prevented what happened in El Paso and no law would have prevented what happened in Dayton. And and, and if, if a guy wants to do it, he's going to do it. And David Axelrod said, wouldn't that apply to all laws <laughs> that, that that so are we supposed to take murder off the books? Because if somebody really wants to kill just one person, they can do it. Yeah, it's absurd. Look, I want to kill a lot of people. I'm going to use a hand grenade. Uh, I'm going to use a nuclear device, right? We go through this internationally all the time because I want to kill a lot of people. Yeah, only problem is I can't get a nuclear device and I can't get a hand grenade. I can get an assault weapon. that is the point. There will always be people who are hateful, and there will be mentally ill people who uh, want to hurt others. It is the accessibility of the instrumentality of that desire. That is the point. That's why we talk about banning an assault weapon. That's why it makes sense. Uh, but we do have two elements here. And that's why it's different today. We have a virulence, a a virus that is virulent of hate that I have never seen in my lifetime. Now, nobody would accuse President Trump of creating hate or stereotypes or discrimination. It existed from the day this nation was born. Uh, and the pilgrims ran into the uh, Native Americans. Uh, There's always been tension, but uh, this has been fomented, and it's been been, uh, in many ways glorified, and this white supremacist movement, anti-Semitism at the shootings in the synagogue, anti-LGBTQ in the shootings, Uh, We now have more, three times more deaths by domestic terrorists than uh, international terrorists. Well, how can you call them domestic terrorists? Because Americans can be terrorists. And while President Trump is pointing to the Middle East, Al-Qaeda, three times more people have been killed by American terrorism. And I believe the president has fomented that. I believe he has incited that. This is a president who came to office who never really offered a positive agenda, Mike. He's a builder. He's a developer. Uh, We were going to spend $1 trillion. He hasn't built anything. There has been nothing constructive, nothing positive. It's negative. It's always negative. His strategy, divide and conquer. The oldest political strategy, the oldest social strategy in the book, divide and conquer. The immigrants, they're the bad ones. The Latinos are the bad ones. The Muslims are the bad ones. That's been his strategy. And once you unleash the dogs of hate, you can't recall them and you can't control them. And they are now out of control. He says the other day, uh, hate has no place in America, whatever he said. It came out of his mouth. 
He called the president of Mexico to offer condolences after El Paso. He's the one who said Mexicans are, are, are rapists and criminals and drug addicts. Right. We're being invaded. We're being invaded. That's what they love to say. We're being invaded. Well, what do you do when you're told you're being invaded? You arm yourself against the invaders. You've seen the you've seen the footage from that Florida speech where he says, "What are we gonna do?" And somebody says, "Shoot him!" And he laughs. And he then says, "Only in the Panhandle can you get away with that." And okay. and you know what? You know what that is? That's a tacit endorsement of that sentiment. That's exactly what he was. And 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 here's what I always think. Here's what I always think, Governor. And I've written this for years. I, I remember writing it after the Pulse um, shooting in Orlando. What would have been the reaction of this White House if it had been an undocumented immigrant who went into that Walmart the other day and shot up all those people? And, and when I first heard that the man who had shot up the Pulse nightclub was named Omar Mateen, I said, oh, my God, this is going to be terrible. And then, you know, where I found out he was born? Long Island Jewish Medical Center, New Hyde Park, New York City. Huh. And so there's the, can you imagine, though, from this president, what the reaction would have been if it had not been a white nationalist doing this, but one of the guys he's demonized? Yeah. No, look, he never had the affirmative agenda. It was always the negative. That's how he won. It's part of his personality. And the person in El Paso, if you're sitting there listening to the president of the United States, and if you take the president of the United States seriously which uh, many people do because look at the title, President of the United States. <laughs> yeah. We're being invaded. Right. Okay, I'll buy my assault weapon. The mother calls up and says, I'm worried about the weapon my son bought. The police say it's legal. He gets outfitted, and he's an American patriot, according to the president, because we're being invaded. This... People say now, well, is this the tipping point? Is this the tipping point? Uh, the tipping point does not happen. There is no tipping point. Will the American people finally? No, uh, it doesn't work that way. Leadership makes it happen. Uh, after Sandy Hook, people were outraged. It was probably less pervasive a story than the El Paso situation now with Ohio, but it was comparable. People were scared. People were outraged. Times Square tipping over tables. People were traumatized. But I stood up and I said, okay, here's the bill. And legislature, I want you to vote on this bill. You know what all the legislators said? I don't want to vote. Don't make me vote. Yep. I said, why? Oh, I remember. I remember. Because it's too hard a vote. It's too polarizing an issue. I said, you don't have a choice. You have to vote yay or nay. And then we're going to tell the people of this state whether you voted yay or nay. That's what has to happen now. Uh, and the president will not do it. Then the Democrats should. And I'm a Democrat, as you know. I want to see the Democrats stand up and hold up a bill. I want to see Senator Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi hold up the same piece of paper. 
and say, here is the bill that we would pass and we call on our Republican colleagues to pass and give the people of this country a real choice. Here's the Democrats, uh, Democratic proposal. Here's the choice. And then make every congressperson and senator take that vote. I say the same thing to the Democratic presidential nominees. By the way, you are in the top 99.9 percentile. Do you know what Senator Sanders' position is on guns? Do you know what Senator Warren's position is or, or Vice President Biden's position? I don't. No, I don't. I don't. I did a lot of rhetoric. I, they, he believes in stronger gun laws. He believes in closing loopholes. What does that mean? It means nothing. None of it means anything. I said in New York, Mike, don't come to New York unless you agree to the four specific provisions, which are essentially the SAFE Act. Right. Very specific. I saw you. You 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 made that challenge to Democratic candidates the other day. You just yes. laid it out. The the same four point plan that you got passed six years ago. Yes, because I'm not going to look. It's for me. This is not a political issue. This is a moral issue. And I'm not letting the Democrats off the hook. I want Senator, uh, Senator Warren and Senator Sanders and Joe Biden to say, here's my position. Assault weapons, this is my position. Um, size of the magazine, here I think 10 is too many. I think 20 is too many. I think 30 is too many. Well, uh, closing loopholes. Oh, really? And how many would you leave open, Senator? <laughs> I want to have the specific conversation and make them answer the same questions that we're asking President Trump to answer. Because I haven't heard the answer from either of them. Now, President Trump, his answers were just bad. It's video games and it's mental illness uh, and a red flag law. That's not going to do it. But the Democrats have to be held to the exact same standard, especially when they're so good at criticizing the president. Let's hear your specific proposal if you were the president. And why can't Speaker Pelosi and Senator Schumer stand up and hold up one bill? Why not? Well, they don't want to. If it's not going to happen, they don't want the political fallout. Too bad. Too damn bad. Stand up and state your position so Americans have a clear choice. Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York, is our guest today on the Mike Lupica podcast. More with Mr. Cuomo right after this from Kronos. Kronos knows that many organizations maintaining a modern workforce of hourly, full, and part-time workers, for them, it can be a challenge. This is especially true for human resources professionals working hard to attract and retain all the best talent. That's why Kronos puts HR, payroll, talent, and timekeeping on a single cloud-based platform. It's one specially designed to give HR professionals supporting a blended workforce a whole new level of confidence. With it, they have everything they need to tackle nearly any human resources challenge and are empowered to not just find and hire the right people, but to engage, motivate, and reward them every single step of the way. 
Learn more about Kronos HR solutions for the modern workforce and the people who support them because Kronos is at heart a people business at Kronos.com slash HR swagger. Kronos workforce innovation that works. I got a few more minutes left with my friend, um, Andrew Cuomo. Okay. Um, the other day, um, it's uh, my son who is in the news business said to me, yeah, dad, at the next democratic debate, let, let's, let's make sure they all parse their health care plan. When we've got a race war going on in this country and we got, we got gunfire breaking out about every 24 hours in some place in, in this country. And, and it speaks to what you just said. You got to stand there and tell us this is a national talk about a national health crisis. Guns are our national health crisis. Because n- nobody's safe anymore. The whole country's become a shooting gallery. And you're right. There's not another advanced nation in the world that has ever or will ever experience anything like what we're experiencing in this country, especially in, in, in the last decade. And, and for you to ask me what, where they stand on this and for me to tell you I don't know speaks to everything you're saying about those candidates. It's true. It's true. And look, let's be honest. It's the Democratic candidates who have been allowed to get away with it from all these Democratic debate moderators and all these great Democratic uh, pundits and questioners. Let them bring the same rigor. They're so good at talking about health care and Medicaid for all or Medicaid for some or Medicaid for uh, older people. Let's have the same rigor on the gun debate. The same specifics and probe. And what does that mean? Because when you think the vagary is astonishing. He's in favor of closing loopholes. What does that mean? (laughs) How about for the other day when Trump actually with a straight face said when they was asked a direct question about banning assault weapons he said there's no political appetite for that at this time and i'm thinking no there's no appetite for that with the nra who's clearly already smacked you around on this the way they smacked you around after parkland yeah and here here's my suggestion for the president because what you have to do with politicians uh And you could say, well, you're a politician. I don't consider myself a politician. Uh, I consider myself an elected official and a public servant. But a politician has a different connotation. I said to the president, political appetite. See, what he's going to do, Mike, the punt for the president is he'll support several measures. Red flag bill, mental health database. And he'll support that. And then the Republican Senate will never pass it. And then he'll say, well, I I supported it. Yep, I tried. I tried. I was there. I said, but that's what he means by political appetite. They won't pass it. Here's my suggestion for the president of the United States. Pass an executive order. I'm sorry. You don't pass an executive order. Issue an executive order, which he loves to do. He uses executive orders liberally. Executive order is something he does using his own executive power. Issue an executive order. There's an emergency in the United States. Uh, It's a public safety and a public health emergency. And by executive order, I'm doing the following. Number one, banning assault weapons. 
uh, and high-capacity magazines. Number two, having a mental health database. Number three, universal background checks. Number four, red fl flag laws. There's my executive order. Let the Congress, let the Senate sue him and say you don't have the authority to do that. You've overreached your executive authority. Uh, let them sue him and do that. At least then he could say credibly to the American people, I tried. I tried. I put out my position. Forget this no political appetite. That's just another political excuse. It's just another red herring. Don't give me a I'm frustrated by the process answer. Do it by executive order. At least we'll know you're sincere. And frankly, sincerity goes a long way. And I don't believe the Republican Senate would have the guts to challenge that executive order because there's no political appetite. There's a popular appetite. Gun owners, Democrats, Republicans, any person of normalcy who has now been traumatized repeatedly understands we have to do something. Of course there's a popular appetite. If there's no political appetite, it's because guys are getting paid off by the NRA. That's why there's no political appetite. They tremble in their boots because the NRA will spend money against them in their campaign. That has nothing to do with what the American people want or need. They're two very different things. We're talking with my friend, Governor Andrew Cuomo, on the Mike Lupica podcast. A reminder to visit Indochino.com and use the promo code Lupica. And if you've been listening to me talk about it, either at the Mike Lupica podcast or on the Sports Reporters podcast, you know how easy the website is to use and how cool the store experience is. Usually you get one, but not both. Everything at Indochino is tailored to you. I love it. I order shirts online, and it's amazing how their process ensures the proper fit, even while shopping online, and it's quality stuff. And you know when I'm on TV, I have to be looking my best, so you have to check them out. Indochino, the world's most exciting made-to-measure menswear company, makes shirts and suits to your exact measurements for an unparalleled fit and comfort. You can personalize every single detail, fabric, lining, lapel, pockets, buttons, even your own monogram. Online at Indochino.com or at any of their 40-plus locations across North America. Then relax while your suit gets professionally tailored and mailed to you in a couple of weeks. This week, my listeners can get any premium Indochino suit for just $369. That's at Indochino.com when entering Lupica at checkout. That's 50% off the regular price for a made-to-measure premium suit. Plus, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com, promo code Lupica, for any premium suit for just $369 and free shipping. That's an incredible deal for a premium made-to-measure suit. Believe me, once you go custom, you don't go back. 
By the way, the NRA is an organization, Governor, that one of these days down the road, not today and not tomorrow, next month, is going to be holding a going out of business sale. I'm not saying that the, the institution will no longer exist, but the guys in charge are, are, are going to fall away. And then all of these people who have genuflected in front of them are going to say, what do I do now about this stink that's going to be attached to me for the rest of my life? Oh, no, it's so true. Look, what people don't get about the NRA is the NRA doesn't represent gun owners. It's funded by the gun manufacturers. That's what the NRA is. It's a trade group for gun manufacturers who want to sell more guns. You talk to gun owners and people say New York, oh, New York is all uh, liberals, New York City. No, we have a place called Upstate New York, which is everything north of the Bronx. I'm an ups- I grew big. up in Oneida, New York. I know yeah. all about Upstate New York. They, we have Republican conservatives as Republican conservative as people anywhere in the country, and I talk to them all day long. And yes, they love their guns and the tradition, and they love to hunt, and they're going to pass the gun down to their child, and that's a beautiful thing. But they're also logical and sensible, and they wouldn't give a gun to a person who's mentally ill or a felon, and they understand that some guns are so dangerous, like machine guns in 1934, that God forbid they fall into the wrong hands. People get it. They're smart. They're smarter than the politicians, and they're more reasonable than the politicians, and they're braver than the politicians. If New York can do it, and and we did it in New York six years ago with SAFE, then the country can do it. Let me leave you with this question because I know you got to go. Has there been any more concept in this country prostituted than the Second Amendment? And you once said to me, somehow all of these people, not not all of them, but too many people have convinced that if you give them any rollback on gun sanity, tanks will come up their driveway and take away their guns. And we will lose the Second Amendment, which, as you pointed out to me one time, was written for muskets. That's right. That's right. And look, I get it. I get the fear. I get the fear. Uh, And a lot of us have an emotion. But then you have to run a little check on the emotion. Is this rational? Is it logical? I get the fear Oh, government is too big. Government is overbearing. Government is controlled by people who don't appreciate my lifestyle and my values. And that's what guns are about. And if they start regulating guns, then they're going to trample my rights and they're going to take my gun. And if you take my gun, I can't protect myself against an overbearing government. The simple answer is, okay, in the state of New York, which is... Uh, as uh, democratic, liberal a state as you're going to find, we passed the law six years ago. Did it happen? Did it happen? Was there a slippery slope? Did they take your gun? Or did we save lives? And did we keep 100,000 mentally ill people from buying guns? And did the death death toll from guns actually drop in the state of New York? And thank God, but for the grace of God, we have not had these situations in New York. 
Now, gun can come over across the border. But the SAFE Act has done nothing but good. I understand the fears. Six years never happened. Keep doing what you're doing. I'm so glad we got a chance to do this. We have to do it more often. Um, Andrew Cuomo, the 56th governor of the state of New York, and a better basketball player than his brother. And Oh, by the way, I didn't ask you today. Uh, how's the couples counseling going with you and the mayor? <laughs> I'm losing you. I'm going through a tunnel. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Goodbye. I'm on my phone. Good luck, Governor. Thanks for doing this. Today. So long. So long. Andrew Cuomo, the governor of the state of New York. If you want any people talk about gun sanity all the time. Just just listen to what the conversation that we've had. And it wasn't really a conversation. This was him laying out gun sanity for the United States of America because he has seen it work in the state of New York. And nobody thought he could get the Safe Act passed so quickly after Sandy Hook. And he did. Um, we love having him on. Um, and, and we are happy to have this time. This was a perfect week for him to discuss guns in America. Uh, continue to download. Continue to subscribe. Uh, go to, to Spotify or Stitcher or Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast, because this is the kind of work that we like to do here. And we'll talk to you next week, everybody. The Mike Lupica Podcast is produced and distributed by Compass Media Networks in conjunction with Hiltzik Creative. For iPhone users, go to the podcast app and search the Mike Lupica podcast. Click on the Mike Lupica podcast icon and subscribe. For non-iPhone users, you can listen on Google Play Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast platform.